party on talk radio, ladies and gentlemen. Milani Kai, Shelly Winter, DJ Greg P. We've got a lot to talk about in this hour. We go till 8 p.m. and then the UGA Coaches Show comes on. So we're here for an hour. and We're going to cram a lot in this one hour. Milani Kai, my sister. What's up, Shelly Winter? What's good? How are you, my sister? So I'm going to read this tweet to you. We're going to start off talking about Laura Luma's tweet about... Uh, former President Jimmy Carter uh, going into hospice care, and then I'm going to hear your thoughts. I'm going to read it right now. Breaking, former President Jimmy Carter has entered hospice care. He's lived a long life, period. He's lucky, period. No, he's not, but we'll get to that. He's got to live, he's got to live, he got to live long enough to see a Democrat in the White House who was more destructive than he was. He should feel blessed. This lady is, I don't even know why we're starting to show with this, but we're starting to show with this to get to Jimmy Carter being in hospice care. Our prayers are with him. But this woman is nuts. I want to hear your thoughts, Melody Kai. There's not a lot to say. She's disgusting. Um, honestly, before it started saying, I didn't know who a Laura Loomer was. Maybe I heard her name out there before, but it's disgusting. And anybody who thinks that that tweet is okay, Shelly, something's wrong with your, with your brain. And there are some things you and I know being in media, there's some things that you may think and you probably can say it to friends, but the moment you know that you've got hundreds of thousands of followers or listeners and you think it's okay to tweet something like that, out you're just a disgusting person absolutely absolutely she is very disgusting here's the thing that got me this is the thing that jumped off the page to me he lived he's lived a long life he's lucky he's not lucky he's blessed let me say this about jimmy carter and i'll get your thoughts melani kai my thoughts about jimmy carter are this i don't care about his politics i don't care he's a democrat i don't care anything about that the fact of the matter is this man in my lifetime this is one of the few men i can honestly say has lived the most christ-like life i've ever seen in person watching a man live his life you know, you know what i mean church going everything helped others came out of you know everything he's done is probably the closest to christ-like that i've ever seen and by all accounts republicans and democrats call this guy a very 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 nice kind man so i start off there for us to go into and transition to um our talk about um uh pre former president jimmy carter going into hospice care i want to ask you melody kai what are your thoughts on a life that's still going of President Jimmy Carter. Okay, correct me if I'm wrong. Before I tell you that, does it feel like to you that he died? It does. I'm, I'm, it it does. feels like he died. It and does. I'm thinking, what's going And I understand, you know how Shelly, we say, give your flowers while you can, but I actually feel like the man died already. I, I, everyone's been talking. But we've all been, just like I just couched it with you, still going, right? I had to catch myself because that's been the feeling. Um, so that brings us to a next conversation that I want to have with you because we both are dealing with elderly parents. Obviously, mine, my mom older than yours, my mom and dad older than yours because, you know, I'm older. But how do we, how do we handle this as people dealing with elderly parents many of us are listeners you and myself greg all of us are dealing with this how do we handle this when a an older family member parent grandparent comes to us and says they want to go into hospice care or vice or the reverse we feel we have to put them in hospice care how do how do you navigate that how do we navigate that shelly it is a, honestly it's a million dollar question because you know 
sometimes, like Jimmy Carter, let's just say he's 98 years old and, you know, the decision is to do that. But hospice, anybody listening to us right now can tell you, I mean, it can break. Putting a family member, a loved one in hospice can actually break a part of family, to be honest with you, because it feels like, as I was talking to a dear friend of mine, that her family's in turmoil about it because she feels like her family is giving up on her father and she wants to keep fighting and the father really doesn't have a say so he has dementia so it is it divides families and for a lot of people it feels like a give up and the, the way i kind of look at it shelly is for for me and my family it's almost like let the person decide especially if they live a long enough life let them decide if they're able to talking about people people who, who have the mental capacity and you've just got to just understand that at some point you, you've got to let them transition from time to eternity but I don't think do you think there's even a right answer for it Shelly I don't know that's what I'm thinking as I'm listening to you I don't know because let's be honest you started with you feel like president former president Carter has passed away by the way we've all been talking right but we know hospice care is that final step, right? That's why people are talking their way they have. And, and we pray, and everyone's praying for him. I pray for him. I pray for him, uh, uh, you know, a, 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 long, a lot today especially, right? But how do we handle when a loved one we know has to go into hospice care? How do you have that conversation? Uh, and for reverse, how do I listen to I can stand my mom to come to me and say, honey, can you put me in hospice care you know, uh, whatever. I, I don't know how to handle that conversation. I, I would fight it tooth and nail with my mom, you know? It and it's a tough conversation, and a lot of people do it, too, because, A, they may not have family or the means to care for that person at home. And and, and then it's just how many times are we going to get stick them with a needle? And like my grandmother, my grandmother, Shelly, was in her 90s, and everybody was talking about, you know, go, she said, I'm not going back to a hospital. I'm in my 90s. She literally said, y'all are going to have to let me go. Right. You're going to have to let me go. I lived a good life. I'm in my 90s. You're going to have to let me go. And then she said this, Shelly. She said, do not pray me back. Right. Do not pray me back. So sometimes, sometimes, you know, they're ready to go. Right. And do you think it's selfish on our part that we say, no, nah, I want to keep you here. I know you're suffering. I know you're in pain, but let me just keep extending it. So I think that's where the conversation has to go. If they want to go, Shelly, guess what? So my grandmother said, don't pray me back. Right. So that's that's on the side where my grandmother, my grandfather actually told us the same thing. Hey, you know, I got throat cancer. Your grandmother passed away last year. I've been with her all my life, basically. I, I'm not ready. I, you know, I'm ready to go. Put me wherever, you know, send me where I would want but I'm not going back to the hospital. That's what he told us, right? right? But what happens when you're the caregiver and you have to make that decision? That's when it becomes tough because now you're feeling like, am I just putting someone out the pastor? You know what I mean? I mean, but let's go back to Jimmy Carter. You're almost 100 years old. And they said he had frequent trips back and forth to the hospital recently. I think at that point, you probably say, eh, you know, right. he's 98. I, right. I'm just saying he's 98. I and, don't know. And the guys live. I'm telling you, man, this guy is to be applauded in the world that we live in. We think about the world we live in now in 2023. Right. We are we're accusing the Biden family of being criminals. We're accusing the Trump family of being liars and grifters. I mean, all that's surrounding our politics today. 
He was a decent man, dare I say, a man too decent to have been elected president of the United States. You know what I mean? Just yeah. as a decent man who's lived his entire life uh, uh, pre- and post-presidency doing one thing and one thing only, giving back to others, praying every day, going to church, teaching Sunday school up until about a few years ago. Here's a man that is a decent man, um, and, and I think— let me tell Republicans something. I don't want to hear your disagreements with Jimmy Carter politically. I just want you to live up to being the Christians that you call yourselves. <laughs> Pray for another Christian, especially a Christian who might be a better Christian than you are and possibly uh, were. Melodica, your thoughts? No, I 100% agree with you, but I still can't get over the fact I feel like he's already dead. But I'll ask you this as we go to break, Shelly. Is, is this a good thing that we need to start treating people like we're treating Jimmy Carter right now before he even passed away? Should we start treating people like that before they even pass away? Because, because he's not dead. He's right. still here. But we're I, acting like he's is. Yes, we do. Yes, we should. And I think we have with Jimmy Carter. I don't think anybody throughout his life has called him a bad name except for those radical people on the right like Alora Luma. It's word on the street. We're going to go out with a real quick clip. At the end of a long campaign, I believe I know our people of this state as well as anyone could. Based on this knowledge of Georgians, North and South, rural and urban, liberal and conservative, I say to you quite frankly that the time for racial discrimination is over. Our people have already made this major and difficult decision, but we cannot underestimate the challenge of hundreds of minor decisions yet to be made our inherent human charity and our religious beliefs will be taxed to the limit. No poor, rural, weak, or black person should ever have to bear the additional burden of being deprived of the opportunity of an education, a job, or simple justice. John, Captain. I guess, technically, you're not my captain anymore. I didn't know you were coming in. Well, I wanted to wait till it was quiet. I didn't want to make a fuss. Really? It's going to be strange. Whole new view. At least the DA's office has a fresh coat of paint on the walls. You had one hell of a run, Sergeant Munch. Did I? I don't know where it all went. My friend? Homicide. I mean, as for you, hold on. I'll get you a detective. Richard Belzer, rest in peace, my friend. John Munch, one of my favorite characters in all of television, and I'm a TV fanatic. First saw him on Homicide, Life on the Streets with the great Andre Brower, and Ned Beatty was on there, and then went to SVU, did some crossover. But this guy, 500 hours of programming on multiple shows, even showed up as a guest character on other programs. Rest in peace, Richard Belzer. Milani Kai, I want to take a call from Nick in Atlanta. He, saw, he wants to talk about hospice care and clarification real quick. Nick. Yes, sir. Go ahead, sir. Yes, sir. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Go ahead. Okay. My mom was in the hospice about four years ago, and it's not a decision that a family member makes through going to hospice. There's doctors involved. There's medical. Like I said, the hospital can't do anything more for them, like my mom. They were going to intubate her or 
put her in hospice. And she said, I'm not going to be intubated. Put me in hospice. And the lady at the hospital told me that she said, your mom don't have but a couple of days, maybe. Gotcha. So she went, she went home, and they put on morphine. The hospice is to keep the patient comfortable, pain-free, mm-hmm. all right? And it's terrible to sit there and watch your relative die. But that's not always the case. Like my mother-in-law was in hospice, and my sister died two years ago. She was in hospice. But they, your doc, her doctor have to, has to release them to a hospice doctor. Hospice has teams that come out there and go over details and help. It's really sad, but it's a blessing, but it's a curse because you've watched your loved one my man. not be able to. Right. Thank you, Nick. Have a great night, my brother. Thank you very much. Yes, sir. Melani Kai, uh, Snoop Dogg. Yeah. So let's go up to Kroger in Peachtree City. Oh, my gosh. So it's Black History Month. I guess people try to get creative with Black History Month. And so this particular Kroger decided they wanted to sell, to celebrate Black History Month, they wanted to sell Snoop Dogg's wine brand, 19 Crimes. Not sell it, but put it on a display. So, Shelly, if you see this display, it's got a black power fist. It's got a large size cutout of Snoop Dogg. It's got 19 crimes on there. It's got wine bottles. It looks like you are about to party and people got mad now when i first heard people got mad i was like eh, i wonder i'm gonna be honest with you wonder if it's white people who's really mad about this but i saw the report on w uh sv tv tom regan uh uh did it i think that's his name or john uh, never tom remember, jones i'm <laughs> did it and shelly it was African-Americans, they were mad. One guy was uh, one of the first African-American firefight, I mean, um, fighters, I mean, pilots out of Dobbins or something. He said, it's it's disgusting. Somebody else said, we want to hear about real black history. It's stereotypical. And only one lady said Kroger was wrong for pulling it down. And I think you think they're wrong for pulling it down, too. I, it's not that I think they're wrong. I just think it's not a big deal. You know, I, I you know, um, the NAACP ruined black in black Hollywood. There was a black Hollywood in the 70s, and they put out movies, and African-Americans worked on these movies, cameramen, grips, uh, actors, actresses, producers, directors. Like, there were a whole industry called black Hollywood in Hollywood in the 70s, and it was the NAACP that got it taken off and got the movies run out of town, and all these people lost jobs. They never worked again, and, and it was it was bad. I think this is one of those same things, an overreaction to something that it's really not a big deal. It's just, it's, the thing is written on a side, happy black, uh, celebrate Black History Month. Okay, why can't you celebrate Black History Month with wine? Like, why can't you? Like, I don't. But Shelly, you have, so I have a nephew, he's 10 years old. Do right. I want him walking in to a display or my niece that's 13 and say, oh, Black History Month, it's it's 19 crimes. What's that, Auntie Milani Kai? It's 19 wine. crimes, new, sipping on gin and juice. No, I think, I don't care. I'm not offended by it, but I think it's ridiculous. I, I, I think it's, it's ridiculous. It's, so now, if you go deep and you look at it that way, okay, maybe I will go with you. <laughs> A, a wine, a wine, but they also had black girl magic wine with it. So I just think, I think that it's 
Okay. 19 crimes, bro. 19 yeah. crimes. Okay, like I said. With a gangster? Like I said. <laughs> like I said. Okay, fair enough. You changed my mind. It took you all of three minutes to change my mind. My mind has changed. Kroger, you did well by taking this down. It was insulting. All right? It, you did well. I'm glad you took it down. Uh, I, 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 I just, I, I, yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. And, you, and you know who thought of this. You know it wasn't white, white employees sitting around saying, hey, I think the black people were like, you know what would be good, bro? We put up Snoop Dogg in a life-size video, sipping on gin and juice, 19 crimes. We gonna be good. We gonna celebrate it up in Peachtree City. Right, Peachtree City of all places. <laughs> so, 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 so here's the question though. So here's the question. What do you put in a grocery store to celebrate Black History Month? Like Patty LaBelle, Patty Pies? I don't know. See, someone, would get, someone may get offended at that. Like what could you possibly put in Kroger as a product when you walk in to celebrate Black History Month. Like I you, got you. You can't I got put you. you can't put butterball chicken in there. You can't put fruit and watermelon. Like what can you possibly do? You just gotta leave it alone and just leave it up to the radio ads that say Kroger celebrates no. Black History Month with some I want up you. Well, I want up you. A special edition of Uncle Ben and Aunt Your Mama uh, syrup and rice since you took her off, took them off. How about that? And you put those with a special Black History Month celebration. <laughs> I agree. We just fixed the problem, Kroger. We want to see Uncle Ben's and Aunt Jemima in a special packaging at the front of every Kroger store with a sign next to it that says celebrate Black History Month. It's word on the street, the hottest party on talk radio. And I break you off. And when you think about when everybody counts you out, see, he the only one that probably really helps you out. I'm talking from experience. You hearing this? Snoop Dogg should have stayed in the Kroger because he made a gospel album with Rance Allen. So he should have stayed. That's Black History Month right there. Keep. Now I'm going back to the other side, Melani Kai. <laughs> Shelly went to Melani Kai, DJ Greg P. We're word on the street. We're only here till 8 o'clock. Bring Snoop Dogg back to the Kroger in Peachtree City. He's black history. So uh, let's take a couple calls. We're going to talk about the woman who paid for a window seat, but a little girl was sitting in her seat. Going to tell you what she did, but let's first go to Pam. Hey, Pam. Hey. Hi. Hi, Shelly and Melani Kai. How are you all? Wonderful. Hey. Good, good. I just wanted to comment on uh, hospice and the display at Kroger. I did hear about the display over the weekend and just got a real good uh, synopsis of what it was because I was trying to see what all this thing was, too. And I totally agree. Totally inappropriate. And another suggestion that could have been placed was George Washington Carver and just pick a brand of peanut butter. Gotcha. <laughs> Great one. Great one. Hospice, real quick, Pam. Hospice, real quick. My aunt was on hospice, and she actually came off of it. So sometimes it's not a death sentence, as people think. And also, too, some people, some doctors put uh, patients on hospice. I'm a nurse, and put patients on hospice too, so they can get extra benefits as well. If that makes any sense. Absolutely. Kind of, yeah, kind of, kind of going. It's kind of circumventing, if you will, and trying to add benefits for the patient. So. It's not always just about uh, the dying you know, aspect of it, if that makes sense, because you can yes. get, like, bedding. and Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you very yeah, much, Pam. Yeah. Thank you very Thank much. You. Great call. Great I call. So maybe, Melani Kai, maybe we're all a, a bit moving too fast on the Jimmy Carter thing. Maybe we should all mm -hmm. take a step back yeah. and, and— Well, uh, Shelly— <laughs> 
No, I'm saying he's 98. Okay. So what about the woman? The woman? The woman? Um, God bless you, uh, pre former President Jimmy Carter. I love you. I really do. I love you with all my heart. You're a wonderful, wonderful man. So a woman paid for a window seat, got to the airline, walked on a plane. <coughs> excuse me. Sorry. Walked on a plane. Little girl was sitting, sitting in her window seat. Father was sitting in the middle seat. Father pointed to the aisle seat and said, oh, yeah, go ahead, sit down. Woman sat down. Text her dad, told her what was going on. The father said, I paid for that seat. I paid for you to have a window seat. It's a long flight. Tell them that that's your seat. You want them to move. So she tells the father. The baby moves, and the baby cries the whole time because she couldn't sit in the window seat. Was the lady wrong, Melanie Kai? Absolutely not, Shelly. I didn't have a kid. I didn't have a kid, but I was taking a flight on a missionary trip very recently to Nairobi from New York City, Kenya, and I picked the window seat, and it cost a lot. The, you know, it cost a lot of money to get on this window seat, and someone was sitting there, and they looked at me, and you know how you ask the number, hey, 13D, is that you? And it's like, no, I have the other seat, and young girl, but not, not a kid, but she wouldn't get up, and she said, well, you don't want to sit there? I said, no, I want to sit in the window seat, in my seat that I paid for intentionally on a 13 hour or so hour flight over to Kenya. And and she was in an attitude with me, Shelly. So back to the kid, absolutely not. The father should have not been sitting in the seat. If you wanted your child to have the experience, guess what? If I want my nieces and nephews to have the window experience, guess what I do? I get the window seat. So no, she wasn't wrong at all, Shelly. Yeah, I've I don't done think the same I, exact thing. Yeah, again, we we agree on this because oh. uh, because yeah, I'm in total agreement. If I pay for a window seat, I don't care who's sitting there. It could be an old lady. I've never no. been on a plane before. I've never looked out the window. Well, then go find someone else to trade with. I paid for the seat. Now, if I didn't pay for it, if I got to the airport and they, you know, the air, the, the airline gave me my seat, I'm quick to switch with someone. If someone wants a window or the aisle, I'll switch with you because it was random that you got yours or I got mine, whatever. But if I pay for it, I, you are out. Get out. Get out of my seat. I don't care if you're a child. And the fact that you're crying even makes me feel more like I made the right decision. Uh, this word on the street. Coming back. Biden is in Ukraine. Donald Trump is going to Ohio. Let's talk about that. It's word on the street. I'm Shelly Winter, Milani Kai, DJ Greg P. Word on the street, the hottest party on talk radio. I'm Shelly Winter, Melani Kai, and DJ Greg P. Melani Kai, Joe Biden made it a surprise visit to Ukraine. And when I first saw that story this morning, I said to myself, man, these Democrats really don't want this guy to run again. They put this guy at 70 plus years old in a war zone. <laughs> by on a, on a surprise visit, and apparently there's reporting saying that they let the Kremlin know he was coming. But I, I'm thinking to myself, wow, you guys must really not like this guy. <laughs> Shelly, <laughs> Shelly, for real, you know how they say sometimes we get a little conspiracy theory, theorist? I don't even think that's a word. Joe Biden wasn't, President Joe Biden was not in Ukraine. So I saw all, the all my, con no. No, you saw a body double calling all my conspiracy theorist friends. They know exactly. They're sitting there. It's like, thank you, Milani guy. Thank you. It was a body double. 
is a body double. It wasn't. <laughs> yeah, so don't worry about him. They don't don't worry about as a body double. President Joe Biden, at 80 years old, was not in Ukraine in the middle of the war zone. He did not catch a train from Poland for an hour. He, I mean, it did it didn't happen, and it wasn't a surprise visit because in order for him to go there, they would have had to send so much over in advance and blah blah blah. Joe Biden's body double was in danger, Shelley. Well, that's bad. That's bad. <laughs> <laughs> so at the same time, Joe Biden, President Joe Biden has not been on his body double. Neither one have been to Ohio as yet, where a train derailed, toxic chemicals spilled all over the place, people being poisoned as we speak is not a laughing matter. The saddest part is no one from the administration except for the EPA, the regional EPA guy who doesn't exist and doesn't really stay in Washington. He's the regional guy. So no one from the administration has gone to an American city uh, with a derailed toxic, uh, with a derailed train carrying toxic chemicals. No one's been there yet. P former President Donald Trump says he's going there on Wednesday. I like the move, but the question becomes, is this straight political pandering? What do politicians do? What, 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 do, what do politicians do? They pander. Uh, Donald Trump's name has been in the news negatively. So you, uh, what else is he supposed to do? I mean, he's been there. He's got the grand jury thing going on in Georgia. You know, he's got, they've been trying to pull him down. Whether you love the man or hate the man, you understand that they have been trying to pull Donald Trump down from the very get, from the time he said he wasn't, he, he left the White House. And so they're trying to get him. So what else? Uh, he has no choice. Go to Ohio, go to pander there, pander to the black churches, pander, 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 pander. That's probably what it is. And I can't judge his heart, Shelley, as to whether he cares or not. But these are things that he has to do. So here's the question now, right? Here's Donald Trump is going to Ohio where people are, are, are hurting. They're hurting. They're not seeing their federal government show up until FEMA just recently came out after saying no, to, they can't help, coming out and saying they'll provide some help. They're hurting. They're, they're, they don't know if they're going to, they're being poisoned at the same time. They're being told to drink the water, that the water's safe, yet all the people telling them that the water is safe is not, they're not drinking the water themselves. So these people are in pain. Here comes Donald Trump. Meanwhile, President Joe Biden goes to Ukraine to give more aid to Ukraine. Ex not having, having, he hasn't been to the border, which is in crisis. He hasn't been to Ohio, which is in crisis. Yet he flew across the world on a surprise visit. He or his body double <laughs> flew across the world to give more aid to Ukraine. Do you think that Donald Trump, I think, yes, this is my answer, yes, Donald Trump is making the good pandering political move here. But do you think, do you agree with that statement? Knowing that this is what politicians do and you can't judge his heart, do you think the juxtaposition between Biden in Ukraine and Donald Trump in Ohio, do you think Donald Trump's making a smart move? I say he is making a brilliant move. Totally agree. It's a, it's a brilliant move, and, and he's doing what he has to do. Now, if he can just stop saying the crazy stuff he says and being so dogmatic with his uh, language about personal insults about people, but for this case, absolutely. I think they're two polar opposites, and I think a lot of Americans listen to him right now. It doesn't mean we don't care about Ukraine, but we're like, eh, there's things happening here that we need attention 
into. So I think it's a good move by Donald Trump. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Let's go to Phil. Phil uh, has a personal connection to Jimmy Carter. We talked about that earlier. Phil, go ahead. Hey, I'm this Phil. You guys there? Yes, sir. We're here. Well, I have a connection with Jimmy Carter. My father worked for Jimmy Carter. He was uh, kind of high up in the echelon. He was over the north half of the state of juveniles, juvenile and delinquency training camps and all those things. And he hated Jimmy Carter because Jimmy Carter came in and expanded. That was the Department of Human Resources, and he expanded that Department of Human Resources into four different things. He did the same thing as a president, expanding government over and over, expanding government. That's what he did. And my father just – Jimmy Carter was a good man. He really was. He was a good man. Gotcha. And I love him to this day. I, I, he was a great, great person. But is, is, his, is. Politics, his politics was nowhere near where my politics are. Gotcha, Phil. Gotcha. Uh, Michael, real quick, you have a personal story on Jimmy Carter also. Go ahead, Michael. Yeah, I met uh, Jimmy Carter. He uh, gave the Soldier's Medal when I was in the Army. I had the pleasure of going to the White House. And I went to shake Rosalind's hand, and I told her how much more beautiful she was in person. And she started to blush. And then I looked over at Jimmy. He had his hand stuck out, and he squeezed my hand so tight like it's going to break my hand. He had that smile, and, and I could read his eyes saying, don't you even go there, you know, kind of thing. But, yeah, he had one of the strongest grips that I ever had. And uh, it's, it's terrible that, you know, he's gotten to the shape he is now. I've only know one other guy to have a strong grip like that. And he was a middleweight uh, wrestling, middleweight wrist wrestler. Gotcha. Thank the, you, Michael. Yeah. We appreciate your call. I would grip your hand tighter than ever. Also, if you told my wife that she was more beautiful in person, I would grip you. I might even rear back a little bit. Feel good stories coming up next. Don't forget, we're off at 8. UGA Coaches Show coming up at 8 o'clock. It's Word on the Street. JP, right? J.D. Mandel, and he's doing great. They're all doing good. Every show we end with a feel-good story. Don't forget, to, uh, coming up at 8 o'clock is the UGA Coaches Show. Milani Kai, your feel-good story. So, my feel-good story, I'll go first, is Mac McClung. Mac McClung, for those of you who don't watch the NBA All-Star Weekend, Mac McClung is a six-foot-two guy, G-leaguer, signed a two-way contract with Philadelphia, and won the dunk contest. And many people are saying, brought back the excitement. A lot of people, like myself, are saying this is probably one of the best dunk contests in many years, but his performance probably harkens back to Dominique and others' performance, um, uh, uh, Nate Robinson's performances. This was a performance for the ages in a dunk contest. So my feel-good story is Mac McClung, who has not given up on his basketball dreams. Stay strong, young man. Congratulations. My feel-good story is everybody who's giving Jimmy Carter his flowers as he's alive. And he's still alive, though. That's my feel-good story. He's still here. He's with us. Absolutely. It's Word and Street. We'll be back tomorrow at 7 o'clock. 
two, stay tuned for the UGA Coaches Show, ladies and gentlemen. And we want to thank you. I want to thank you for tuning in every night. Our show is growing. I spent the weekend, Milani Kai, I know we didn't talk about this, but this past weekend, I went to three different events. I went to an event in the morning, the cab uh, GOP breakfast meeting. Then I went to a prayer walk at Rodney Cook Park. You, we had the Reverend on about that. And then I emceed the prison doctor event in the, uh, in the evening. And Milani Kai, everywhere I went, people told me, different people, black people, white people, rich people, working class people, male, female, straight, LGBT, all across the board, people were telling me at each different stop how much they love the show, Melody Kai. So awesome. we have a very diverse audience, and we want to keep it that way, and we want to grow it. God bless you all. See you tomorrow night. Send this one home. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.